You're listening to The Myth Pilgrim, and I am Brother Lawrence of the Missionaries of God's Love. At its heart, the spiritual journey is a delightful and perilous adventure, just like the myths and fairy tales we love. This podcast is also a journey, learning from both wizards and saints, enchanted princesses and inner demons. Together, we'll discover how the great symbols of myth and fairy tale can guide us on our journey to God. Hello friends, thanks for joining me on The Myth Pilgrim and I hope you're keeping well. I'm excited this episode to share with you another original story that I wrote. A uh, mythy fairy tale sort of story called The Desert Heart. Uh, Many of you may not know that I actually do do a bit of creative writing outside The Myth Pilgrim, but thus far I haven't really felt a drawing to share many on this podcast. Nevertheless, I do want to honour this charism the Lord has given me, and so like the lonely little cave which I shared in episode 21, I hope to share this story today. The Desert Heart is very, very much inspired by happenings in my own spiritual journey, particularly what the Lord has been showing me over the last few years. In this way, know that I'll be sharing not just a creative story, but something very much from my own experiences. A special shout out to some wonderful friends for their support in me writing this story and for reading some of the early drafts too. So Dave, Sam, Gemma, Jan, Leah, Catherine, Sebastian, Angelique, Alfred, Jenny, you guys know who you are and you are awesome. (laughs) And to you, dear listener, I only pray that the story can today also bless and inspire you wherever you are on your journey. After I narrate the story today, I will leave a few moments reflection. And then after that, if you're interested, I will offer some reflections as to the inspirations behind the story. Okay, other than that, enjoy the author's narration of The Desert Heart. Once upon a time, there was a great desert filled with many hidden treasures. At the desert's edge stood an ancient kingdom where tales were often told of how the desert's treasures made their finders wise. Hearing such tales, one young orphan became filled with a great longing. When I grow up, I will venture out of this kingdom, Piram said to himself. I will find all the treasure in the desert. Maybe if I become wise, the people of this kingdom will notice me. For no one ever paid attention to the lonely orphan. One starlit night, Piram came across a wise man tending a garden. Piram could tell the man was fairly wise because his beard was fairly long, and the longer the beard was, the wiser you were. Excuse me, fairly wise man, Piram said politely. Could you please tell me where I might find treasure in the desert? The fairly wise man leaned thoughtfully on his shovel and smiled at Piram. Once you possess nothing, you will find the treasure. But the greatest treasure will be found once you reach the desert heart. Piram didn't understand the fairly wise man's response, but since the man was stroking his beard, Piram knew he must be saying something wise. Why, if I find the greatest treasure in the desert heart, Piram whispered to himself, maybe my beard will grow even longer than his. Perhaps even the king will notice me then. Few commoners had ever seen their king before, because they believed he didn't like the sun. As Piram left the garden, 
he looked longingly across the oasis lake towards the king's palace. A few years later, when Piram was a young man, he sold everything he had and bought a strong camel. One morning, at the break of sunrise, he set off into the desert in search for treasure. He ventured many scorching days, hoping to find the desert heart. All the while, a strong desert breeze swirled the smell of death about him. And by the tenth day, his camel grew so tired that Piram knew he simply had to turn back. The only thing he had found was a shiny fragment of a clay tablet shimmering in the sand. When he returned to the kingdom, however, the people became excited. That fragment of a clay tablet belonged to a wise man once. He went all the way up the mountains to receive laws from heaven, laws inscribed upon tablets. Ah, surely this treasure will make you wise too. And so they immediately made Piram a kingdom counselor. Piram's wisdom grew, and so did his beard. But deep inside, Piram yearned for the greatest treasure in the desert heart, because he wanted to become wiser still. A month later, Piram sold everything he had and brought an even stronger camel. He then set out again to find the desert heart. This time, Piram travelled twenty scorching days before his camel began to tire and he had to turn around. He returned, carrying the only thing he found, a fragment of a fiery red cloak. The people became excited about that as well. Ah, that fragment of cloak belonged to a wise man once. This man received power to overcome the enemies of his kingdom, casting fire from heaven. Surely this treasure will give you power over our enemies. And so they made Piram a military general. And through the experience of many battles, their respect for Piram grew, and his beard grew longer. But deep inside, Piram still yearned for the greatest treasure in the desert heart, because he wanted to be wiser still. So Piram sold everything he had and set out a third time on an even bigger camel. But despite travelling thirty hot and windy days, the only thing he found was an old locust buzzing in the sand. When he returned to his kingdom, however, the people were even more animated. Locusts were the food of another wise man. He was a great prophet, one who prepared the way for the wisest teacher of all. Surely this treasure will make you into a great prophet too. And so they made Piram a great prophet. And though Piram became well loved and his beard grew longer, he was still not satisfied. Impatient and restless, a long-bearded Piram lay awake one starry night, wondering how he would ever find the desert heart. Suddenly a plan formed. Three times I have spent everything I had on camels and not gotten far enough. But I must set out one last time. But this time I will steal the king's camel for my journey. Surely a royal camel is stronger than anything I can buy with gold. Yes, I will steal it tonight and depart before anyone wakes. The king will surely forgive my deeds once I come back with the greatest treasure from the desert heart. That very night, Piram snuck into the palace stables. He unbound the royal camel and was halfway out when he tripped on his own beard and stumbled into the lake. The splash alerted a patrolling guard. Who goes there? boomed the guard. A thief? Stealing a camel? Treason! I thought you'd be wiser than that. 
he marched a muddy and dripping Piram into a stony dungeon. At dawn you will stand before the king, barked the guard. Surely you will be sentenced to death for such tyranny. Wait, I can explain. I am the kingdom prophet. I command you set me free, cried Piram. The guard looked the filthy, shivering Piram up and down and laughed. A prophet? Dressed like a pauper? Who could believe that? He then slammed the door shut and walked away. Piram was totally alone now, and all became deathly silent. Surely my life is over now, he lamented, hugging himself. I had so wanted to meet the king, but not like this. I never got to fulfill my dream. I never found the treasure in the desert heart. Piram began to weep. He didn't notice that the fairly wise man had entered his cell and had now sat down beside him. After a few moments, the man spoke. What troubles you, Piram? Oh, fairly wise man, exclaimed Piram. It's me, Piram. Yes, I can see you. Oh, please, you have to help me. I have become most unwise. Have not the treasures of the desert made you wise? Piram sighed. Not wise enough. Even though I was the kingdom counsellor, I could not prevent myself from stealing. Though I was the military general, I could not command even one guard to free me. And now I am the prophet and could not foresee my own folly. If only, if only I had also found the treasure at the desert heart, I might have become wiser. The fairly wise man closed his eyes. I remember a time when a boy asked me, Fairly wise man, where will I find the treasure in the desert? Piram nodded. He replied, Once I possess nothing, I will find the treasure. But the greatest treasure is found once I reach the desert heart. The fairly wise man nodded, stroking his beard. But why? Piram exclaimed. Why could I never reach the desert heart? Three times I sold everything I had, and three times I had truly nothing left. Ah, but did you truly have nothing left? Each of the three times you set out, you still had your choice to go into the desert. You still had one possession, choice. To reach the desert heart, however, you must give up even your choice to find it. Only then will you truly have nothing left. Hiram looked sadly around the dungeon, then closed his eyes. Then truly I possess nothing now. I possess no more choices. I have no more things, no more titles. Tomorrow my very life may be taken from me. My heart is a desert now, and I haven't chosen to be here at all. The fairly wise man smiled warmly. Piram, you have finally arrived at the desert heart. Piram realised the fairly wise man was right. His heart was a desert now. How strange it seemed that in his life's darkest moment, locked up in a stony dungeon, he had finally arrived at the place he'd been seeking. But fairly wise man, if I've arrived at the desert heart, what treasure have I found? Hiram opened his eyes, but the fairly wise man had disappeared.
Just then, the first light of dawn streamed through the window, and Piram knew it was time to stand before the king. A soothing desert breeze blew into his cell, carrying the scent of a garden. And though Piram knew what fate likely awaited him, he became strangely at peace, for he could die knowing that he had at least found the desert heart. The guard arrived, bound his hands and led him outside before the throne. The people from all over the kingdom had gathered to jeer at their unwise counsellor, general and prophet. The fairly wise man was nowhere to be seen. Then a great hush descended on the people. For an old hooded man, robed in gold that glittered in the morning sun, was slowly walking up to the throne. A heavenly light seemed to illuminate from him, and all present felt compelled to kneel in adoration. The king had arrived. Not daring to raise his eyes, a humbled Piron spoke first. Great king, I accept my own folly. I know I have been unwise. I tried so hard to prove my wisdom with great treasures, but I have learned nothing, and I have gained nothing. I am nothing. My heart is a desert. The king removed his hood, revealing an old man with a long beard. It was the fairly wise man. The fairly wise man was the king. Piram had been speaking with the king his entire life, and he never knew it. The king gazed upon the kneeling Piram warmly, and placed a hand on his shoulder. Rise. The king then looked out at all the people gathered. This boy confesses a desert heart, and he deserves the greatest treasure of one who has arrived there. He turned back to Piram, smiling. I now give you the gift of mercy. And with that, the king loosened the bonds on Piram's hands and said to him, You are free to go, a free man, a wise man, a truly wise man.
So I hope you enjoyed listening to the Desert Heart, and I'd love to hear your feedback if anything spoke to you, or if you have any suggestions on how it could be improved. To finish, I'll offer a small reflection to a key theme of the story, in case this can help you. As you may have picked up, there are actually four treasures that Piram finds in the story. Three treasures from the literal physical desert out there, and the final treasure from his experience within of having a desert heart. A heart characterised by emptiness, helplessness, and being devoid of all possessions. Now the whole story actually follows something of the biblical story of salvation, with each of the three treasures corresponding to a significant wisdom figure in the Bible. The first wisdom figure, as you probably guessed, is Moses, the lawgiver, symbolised by the fragment of stone tablet of which the old law was written. The second wisdom figure is the greatest prophet of all, Elijah, symbolised by his fiery red cloak, which references not only his clothing, but his calling down fire from heaven to consume his enemy's sacrifice. And the third wisdom figure is John the Baptist, who we are told ate locusts and wild honey in the wilderness. Now, in the Bible, each of these wisdom figures was chronologically building up to the final wisdom figure, Jesus Christ himself, the incarnation of all wisdom. In this story, Christ is symbolised by the fairly wise man slash king. Uh, bracket, even the word fairly is a pun on the word fair, as in just, a just king, fair king. <laughs> um, this king also, like Jesus, spoke in riddles, journeys quietly alongside us and recognises the reality of our inner world, our hearts. The treasure he brings, the greatest treasure of all, is mercy. For mercy is God's highest quality the crowning glory of his love. The scandal of the gospel is that the treasure of mercy can only be received by those who least deserve it. Those who have become empty, helpless and free from all possessions, aka those with a desert heart. Now this notion is not particularly new, however, the crux of the story is that the desert heart cannot actually be sought after or obtained by our own strength. For if we choose to pursue it, we still technically possess something, and that something is choice. Rather, the desert heart is reached by not choosing it, through the gift of the sufferings and crosses that are given to us against our own will, that we receive passively. In this way, the desert heart is God's achievement alone, where He purifies our lives in such a way that we simply cannot do ourselves. In such times, we cannot choose to initiate the purification, we can only choose to cooperate with God who does it in us. Okay, at this point I am going to stop trying to fully articulate one of the greatest mysteries of our faith, something that can only really be communicated via something like story or poetry, which is why I wrote this in the first place. If my little explanation hasn't helped the story and confused you even more, I actually wouldn't worry too much about it. I would instead encourage you to sit with whatever did speak to you during the story and invite the Lord in there. But it has been a privilege to share this story with you and thanks again for journeying with me uh, in this story. And I look forward to our journey together in other episodes to come. Till then, dear friends, journey forth, take care and God bless.